Welcome to another episode of the Illusions and Truth Show with Robert Scheinfeld. Welcome to another opportunity to exchange limiting and restricting lies, illusions, and stories for a direct and consistent experience of truth. In this episode, I want to talk about a topic that's very dear to all of our hearts, literally. That topic is love. Love is a very, very important word. It's a very, very important concept. It pervades so many aspects of the human experience. In what I call the storyline, which is um, history and all of the dynamics that are going on in the lives of all of the players of the human game, as I call it, there are so many people who are starving to be loved, who are starving to be able to express feelings of love to others. There are so many stories of childhoods uh, where children were not loved in the way that they perceived it, and damage, so to speak, was done psychologically and emotionally. There are so many relationships where one person loves another and the other one doesn't love them back. And so the relationship either never really begins in a romantic way, in the way that it would be desired, or it, uh, it doesn't last because the gap there of loving each other is something that changes. There are dynamics where people fall in and out of love with other people, and that creates complications in relationships. In lyrics of songs, we hear songs of which the one that comes to mind right now is the Beatles, All You Need Is Love. Or there was another John Lennon song uh, that was very famous. I think it was Love Is The Answer or something like that. But you look at the lyrics of songs, and all over the place it's talking about people wanting love and not getting it, people loving um, and the love not being returned, uh, people loving and how amazing the experience is. Uh, the damage and the, the, the hunger for being loved, all these kinds of things. Uh, we see it in movies, we see it in novels, we see it in the media, we see it everywhere. There's so many relationships where uh, one or the other is hungering to hear the other one say the words, I love you. In many, many, many psychological models and dynamics and self-help models and dynamics and even spiritual uh, models and dynamics. Uh, a concept that's very common is that, that the core of all of the problems that we're experiencing as humans is because we don't love ourselves enough. And that if we could just love ourselves more, everything would, would transform as a result of that specific kind of a transformation. So it's everywhere. And I could talk for hours about how the concept of love Uh, pervades everything, you know, the variation of love called unconditional love, which I'll get to later in the episode. And uh, But you're familiar with so much of it yourself, and I've reminded you of certain kind of highlights, in a sense, to get the juices flowing on this topic. But I don't want to spend any more time talking about those kinds of examples. I want to talk about the opportunity that we have here with illusions, lies, stories, and truth. Now, as you will see, You may already know this if you are a Phase 2 player and have been playing the Phase 2 game for a while. 
If not, it'll become very clear to you if you stay a subscriber to this show for a while and you participate in a bunch of discussions like this across different topics, is that there are some lies, illusions, and stories that are very, very dense. They're very, very complicated. And it takes a lot of work over time, in a sense, to deconstruct them and be able to experience the truth that's hiding behind them, behind this very dense, very solid creation that I call lie, illusion, and story. But there are other lies, illusions, and stories that are very flimsy, so to speak, and you really don't have to do an awful lot of work to be able to pull back the curtain, so to speak, and see the truth that lies behind it. You just have to dig a little tiny bit beneath the surface, which isn't very difficult. And right there is the truth and the flimsiness of the lies, the illusions, and stories uh, that we've allowed to impact us for so long. And love is an example of that. The interesting thing is, again, there's this tremendous hunger to feel loved by others. There's this tremendous desire to be able to express love for others, and that includes, includes humans and animals. There's all these other dynamics, the wanting to hear the words, the, the, the inequality, one loves, one doesn't, all these kinds of things. But here's a really interesting thing. Almost nobody can really precisely define what love means. And so here we are, hungering for this, feeling pain, so to speak, when we don't have it, having experienced damage because we could say, well, my parents didn't love me or my father didn't or whatever it is or uh, I haven't been loved in the romantic relationships or whatever. And, and so there's pain, there's damage, there's impact from not being quote-unquote loved. And yet we all go throughout life participating in all of these dynamics, experiencing these things, hungering for these things, trying to perhaps change our behavior to be loved more, to do different things, to get into different situations, to find the right person or people that will love us, all these kinds of things. But it's a target that we so desperately want to be able to hit, so to speak, and yet we don't even really know what the target is. Now, this may come as a bit of a shock to you. It may come as a surprise to you. But in the way that the human game is designed in what I call phase one, this is the design of it is that we will all struggle with wanting to want something, but we don't even really know what it is that we want or what the struggle is about. Now, I'll give you a couple of examples here of what I mean. At the time of this recording, I have a 10-year-old daughter and a 7-year-old son. And since they were born, my wife and I have been telling them how much we love them. And my son at age seven is not doing this, but my daughter at age 10 comes up to both of us a lot and gives us a big hug and says, I love you, Daddy, or I love you, Mommy. And she really doesn't know what the word means. It starts very, very early. Now, even though she doesn't really know what it means, she's got a vague kind of a feeling of what it means. I mean, she knows that it has something to do with a special feeling that you have for someone. But it's a very nebulous thing. It's a very vague, unformed, unclear kind of a thing. And that's the same for so many of us, if not all of us, as adults. Uh, If I were to pull 100 people off the street and say, you know, what does love mean to you? I'd get a lot of blank looks. I'd get a lot of jaws dropping. I'd get a lot of um, frozen kinds of dynamics because it isn't something that we think about. It isn't something that we have a ready answer for. Again, it it floats around as this lie, this illusion, this story, which we'll get more into, without the kind of specificity and clarity that we're talking about here. Now, some people would, in fact, have an answer. 
I get a lot of answers from people about things of, well, you know, it's a feeling that you have for one person, uh, for another person, or perhaps for an animal. Uh, and that's true, that it's a feeling that you have. But what does that really mean? And how does it really apply to all of the different kinds of dynamics that we have in interpersonal relationships and all of these examples of where we feel our parents didn't love us or this person we wanted to be in a relationship with didn't love us? And how does it really apply to all of that? Again, it never gets into a position of clarity. It stays as this very vague, nebulous, undefined thing. But then we have all these things like, well, there's love and there's unconditional love and there's love for a romantic partner. I'll just call it that versus significant other or something. But that's different than love for a child. And then that's different from love for a friend. And then that's different for from maybe love for humanity in general or different other kinds of things. And so there are all these different kinds of love in the way that we express it. And we have this vague kind of a notion that it has something to do with a feeling that you have. But when it really comes down to it, when push comes to shove, as the old saying goes, nobody or very few people from my own personal experience. There could be people that I'm not aware of that are exceptions to this, but by far and large the rule is almost nobody can really precisely define what love means in a clear, accurate way that clearly and accurately takes into account all of these different ways that we uh, long for it, that we express it, the different permutations of it, all of these different kinds of things. And that's really quite extraordinary if you think about it because of how important it is and how much damage is done in, in, in the ways that I've explained up to this point and the ways that you know from your own experience. Now, in the way that I've created my personality uh, from a very young age, what would be called honesty and what would be called integrity have been things that have been extremely important to me. And I have gone in my life to great lengths to maintain both at the highest possible level, so to speak, just to call it that. And so when I started to kind of bump into this myself, having grown up in a family where I would have said, along the lines of what I've explained here already, that I did not feel particularly loved by anybody in my family growing up, and then getting into relationships in high school and in college and stuff, and, and being in relationships where somebody would tell me that they loved me and, and you knew that they wanted me to tell them back and, and I really struggled with this because I didn't know what it meant and I didn't want to be telling somebody that I loved them if I didn't really feel like I loved them and, and the challenge that I had is I didn't know what the word meant I really recognized that at a young age and so it was like well so how can I use these words with integrity and honesty and not lie to somebody and not whatever when I don't even really know what it means. It was a very confusing thing for me. And if you begin to look around, and again, at this point in time, I'm 52 at the time of this recording. And in, when I was struggling with this in the way that I'm describing, it was 30 years ago or more. And so there are so many resources that are out there now in terms of books and audios and videos and written things. And it's very possible there are more precise definitions of this kind of dynamic now when there weren't then, but I'm not personally aware of a lot of them except for one that I'll talk about in a minute. And so it was a real struggle for me and I became aware of this mystery. And then there were times that I was in a relationship, usually in a romantic kind of a relationship, and I would have these very strong feelings for the other person, and they weren't sexual kinds of feelings. I didn't confuse those, although many people do, which is a topic of another episode. 
But the, the intensity of the feelings, the strength of the feelings, whatever, and just this nebulous out there of, well, you know, when you have special feelings for somebody, then it, it means that you love them kind of a thing with this vague nebulous kind of dynamic that we've been talking about. There were times that the, the strength of the feeling would get to the point that I would find myself saying it. But at the same time, I would scratch my head. And when somebody would tell me that they loved me, there would be a part of me that would say, um, and some of this, I suppose you could say, came out of my own self-esteem issues, but some of it was just clarity in terms of not understanding what it really meant. And so there would be times when somebody would say that they loved me, and a part of me would go, well, what does that mean? You know, or why do you love me? And I, I, I didn't usually say that, um, but that's what was going on in my mind. And so a lot of times when somebody would actually use the words, they would actually tell me that they loved me. It didn't actually make me feel better in a sense. It didn't really make me feel loved. It didn't really make me feel special to them. What it made me feel was even more confused about this whole dynamic that I was clear that I didn't understand. Especially if there are other details in the storyline where they were treating me in a way that I could tell myself a story wasn't very nice, wasn't very kind, wasn't very respectful or whatever. So I did a lot of studying and I did a lot of research and I did a lot of searching. And the first thing that I ever came across that made any sense to me, interestingly enough, came through what is called a channeled entity um, named Lazarus. L-A-Z-A-R-I-S. Maybe you are aware of him, maybe not. Um, there's lots and lots of stuff on the uh, internet about this um, being named Lazarus that channeled through a man named Jack Purcell. J-A-C-H, I believe, Purcell, P-U-R-S-E-L. But if you don't know about Lazarus, you can just type it into Google and uh, you'll find all kinds of resources, including their website, that's got an enormous number of resources. I was open to information coming from anywhere uh, when I was younger and still am. And so that didn't bother me. Perhaps it bothers you or seems a little wild or woo-woo or whatever. But to me, it was always about the quality of the information. It didn't matter what the story was in terms of where it was coming from. And there was this video that they gave out, and it was called Awakening the Love. And in this video, it was like a two-hour video, and he actually, he went into this whole kind of a topic about love and nobody really knowing what it is, and you're told you should love yourself more, but you don't, you're, no one tells you how or what it really means or how you can really go about loving yourself more or what it really means to love someone else, be it an animal or a human or whatever. And it was quite fascinating. And, and then he went on to give a very precise definition that took a long time to give. But it actually, in simple terms, was it's a feeling that you have that motivates you to want to do certain things. And the do certain things could be things along the line of protecting somebody else from harm, easing their burdens and their challenges in life, taking care of them helping them to fulfill and achieve their dreams and these kinds of things. And it was a very, very, again, precise definition. But the clarity of it's a feeling that you have that motivates you to want to take certain actions really made sense to me. And when I applied, all of a sudden there was clarity because if it's a feeling that you have that motivates you to take certain kinds of actions, then... It explains why you can love a romantic partner in a different way than you could love a friend, that you could love a romantic partner or a friend in a different way than a family member, that you could love, that you could love in different ways for different kinds. It made sense because, yes, it's always a feeling that you have, but with different dynamics, you're motivated to take certain kinds of actions, and the feeling is slightly different. And so that was the first time that I had some clarity on it. And I worked with that kind of a definition for quite a long time. 
but it still didn't really solve the problem for me, ultimately. And if you really kind of dig down deep with this particular definition, it creates a bit of what I call a swirl. If it is a feeling that you have that motivates you to want to take certain particular actions, which you could say would be helpful, supportive, whatever, for another kind of a person, then if you don't love someone, do you then not want to help them? Do you not want to support them? Do you not want to protect them from harm? Do you not want to support them in achieving their dreams and and moving through their challenges in life and all of these other kinds of things that were part of this kind of a definition? And, And that's not really true either, because there are lots and lots of people that, depending on how you define the, the term love, that that we care about, that we would, if we could help them to ease their burden, to protect them from harm or damage to whatever, that we would if we had that opportunity. So then if you kind of explore this way, then maybe you really love a lot more people than you think you do and you have throughout your whole life. And then there's the flip side of it. There are lots and lots of examples of children, again, uh, who would say, Uh, My father didn't love me, my mother didn't love me, my parents didn't love me. But if you were to say in this way, did the parent have feelings for the child that motivated them to want to take specific kinds of actions, you know, to help them, to support them, to ease their burdens, to whatever it else might be? The answer might have been yes. The parents did, in fact, have that kind of a feeling. They did feel motivated to do certain things in order to support that child, help that child. But with this, again, vague, nebulous thing of love out there and and not having it, not feeling it and all these kinds of things, but not digging beneath the surface to look at what's really going on. We can all make up all kinds of stories that say, without any definition of love, that's really the fascinating thing that we can run around and say, and and, and I I would have to plead guilty to the same kind of a thing. Uh, In my storyline, I never felt loved by my father, and my father died two years ago when I was 50, and I honestly cannot remember one time in my entire 50 years that I lived um, with him that he ever actually even used the words and told me that he loved me. And so I could, I, I ran around for a lot of my life. I didn't spend a lot of time talking about it. It was more of a personal thing that I felt and that ran through my own head. But I had a story that my father didn't love me, but I ran this whole kind of a thing again without having any precise definition of what the term meant. This is the really extraordinary thing that I'm poking at here and that we'll be continuing in the next episode and perhaps some future episodes as well. It's really mind-blowing when you pull back the curtain on this particular topic with this particular word. If I go back and I say, well, like I just said, did did uh, using this particular definition, which doesn't mean it's the right definition or it's the best definition, but with this particular definition of it's a feeling that you have that motivates you to want to do certain things and the generic label for what those certain things are, are to help support um, someone else. Did my father have feelings for me that motivated him to want to do these kinds of things? Of course he did. Did he do a lot of things that were designed to protect me, to ease my burdens, to support me in fulfilling my dreams and different kinds of things? Yes, sometimes in very obvious and visible ways and sometimes in less direct and obvious ways. And were there other kinds of things that he did that caused problems in our relationships? Yes. But did that mean that he didn't love me? You know, and and so it it opens up this whole (laughs) Pandora's box. It opens up this whole, uh, whatever you want to call it, can of worms where you just realize that we've all been running around using this word, hungering for it, starving for it, telling ourselves stories about the people that did or didn't, without having any real clarity on what it really means, what it really is, 
And it's this extraordinary lie, illusion, and story that has created so many dynamics that reinforce what I call phase one dynamics and that ultimately limit us, restrict us, keep us convinced that we're the opposite of who we really are, which is deeply loving, although I use the word appreciation, which I'll talk about in future episodes, beings. And so creating this whole kind of a dynamic where we're all chasing after this thing, except we don't know what it is. Uh, we feel that we're not getting it, but we don't know what it is. So how could we really know if we're honest with each other, with ourselves, um, what it is? And we run around using the word for other people without really knowing what it means. And and then again, run around talking about how the, this person didn't love us and but out, without really knowing what it means. And when it really comes down to it, I still have not found any kind of a definition, and it doesn't mean that you need to define it. It's not an intellectual thing. A lot of people could say that and say, well, you know, love is just, you can, it's not something that you can define. It's this very special, whatever, mystical kind of a feeling that you have for, you know, other beings or whatever. And, it's, uh, and it isn't something that you can intellectually understand. It isn't something that you can reduce to words or whatever kind of a thing. And there's some validity to that from certain perspectives. But it's really just this extraordinary creation. So these are the first seeds that I wanted to plant as it relates to the topic of love, and it is a discussion that I will continue in the next episode, and we'll see if it continues into the episode that follows that or into future episodes or whatever, but I've given you a lot of food for thought, hopefully, some stimulate some thoughts and some feelings from what I've shared with you here. In many of the episodes of this podcast, I have referred to the teachings that I share in my sphere of influence. If you're unfamiliar with them and you'd like to get a detailed introduction and you really enjoy learning by watching videos, I'd like to invite you to visit my website and access a series of videos I created that are called A Spiritual Teaching for Modern Times. There's no charge for the videos. You can watch them on my website or you can download them and watch them on the device of your choosing. They are my gift to you. Just go to robertscheinfeld.com forward slash modern. robertscheinfeld.com forward slash modern. M-O-D-E-R-N. robertscheinfeld.com forward slash modern. That completes another episode of the Illusions and Truth Show with Robert Scheinfeld. 